You're listening to the Vanu Podcast, the podcast making you invulnerable to the coercion of the state and the servile society. Visit our website for free resources to aid you in your pursuit of self-liberation, old Vanu publications, podcasts, guest articles, and much more. Go to vanupodcast.com. And now, your hosts, Shane and Jason. Right, and welcome to the Vanu Podcast, the podcast making you invulnerable to coercion. I'm your host, Shane, coming to you from the homestead here in southern Illinois. Uh, so hopefully I'm coming through okay. Uh, did the uh, internet speed test as usual. That came back great. And uh, check OBS here just to, to make sure uh, everything is uh, going going uh, all right. And it looks like it is no drop frames. We are good to go. It's always, it's like, it's, it seems like it's, uh, it's hit or miss, 50-50, whether it's going to work or not. Um, I am on satellite internet out here in the middle of nowhere. So it um, looks like we are, we're good to go today, though. So uh, this podcast, everything found on the website, is covered by BIPCOT, no government license. This allows reuse and modification to anyone except for governments and the agents thereof. Uh, learn more by visiting BIPCOT.org. So today I come to you with another special uh, live intermission episode of the podcast. Uh, in the past, these would be Patreon exclusives, but thanks to the sponsor of the show, uh, LUA Publications, uh, these are now live streams available to the general public, uh, as they should be, really. Uh, so yes, please do check out LUA Pub. Uh, we are a uh, liberty-focused publisher offering over a dozen books on the topic of freedom and self-liberation. Uh, we also assist authors through every step of the publishing process, from proofreading and editing, uh, all the way to marketing and promotion uh, and everything in between. And uh, until further notice, uh, every order placed at Liberty, liberty attack.com will come with a free paperback copy of Carrie Thornley's The Permanent Floating Voluntary Society. Uh, to snag some books, just visit libertyunderattack.com. For information on publishing or author services, or to schedule a free strategy call, please visit libertyunderattack.com slash publish. Uh, you can also click on the Publish With Us button there at the, on the uh, menu bar. Uh, there's one other update I, that I just happened to come across this morning. I'll jump back in the chat real quick and just make sure. Um, looks like everything's still everything's still going good. All right. Back to it. So um, there's, yeah, there's one other update uh, that I just happened to come across this morning. Uh, back in 2015, I was archiving the court documents for a patriot political prisoner uh, by the name of Kevin Casey Massey. Or I guess uh, Casey was his, uh, was his nickname. But yeah, uh, this was back when I worked actively with, actively with Constitutional's Patriots, um, back around the time of the Melier Wildlife Refuge occupation, even a little bit before that. Um, but uh, yeah, until, uh, until their focus shifted from uh, direct action, according to their ideology, uh, to humping the Trump. Um, so, yeah, I, so yeah, that was a, a, a few years back anyway. Uh, but yeah, long story short, he was charged by the feds, uh, the, the, I guess uh, the United States government, uh, for felon in possession of firearm. Uh, despite uh, being totally legal to own firearms in Texas. Uh, anyway, after five-plus years of harassment, uh, his life was destroyed. Uh, and it appears he, uh, he took his own life uh, this past, I guess, within the past week or two. Um, so, uh, so Casey, uh, rest, in peace, uh, rest in peace, brother. Um, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's shitty. Um, and I, 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 would, I would definitely recommend uh, you know, checking into his case a little bit more. Um, but yeah, um, uh, just visit yeah, libertyunderattack.com. Uh, hover over the free resources tab, uh, then the political prisoners tab, and uh, then you'll see his name uh, there in the drop down. Uh, his court documents are there, and articles by Gary Hunt uh, discussing his case in uh, quite a bit of depth uh, are linked as well. And uh, obviously, this is, uh, you know, he's a constitutionalist, um, so uh, not, not an anarchist, but, uh, but still, back whenever, uh, back when the, the constitutionalists were. Uh, 
were setting up uh, committees of safety and uh, you know participating in civil defiance rather than uh, just venturing back into politics. Uh, I had a lot of respect for them, and I worked for, I worked with them quite a bit. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, Casey, yeah, it sucks. Uh, definitely sucks, and uh, that's why uh, you know we're we're here doing what we're doing. So um, now that I put a damper on your day, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get on with it. So today I'm joined by uh, Alex Utopium, uh, who goes by the handle at Utopium Tinkerer on Twitter. Uh, I'll have him inter- introduce himself fully, but uh, he's a Scandinavian dissident from all the way over uh, in Norway. Uh, he's a contributor to Sal Mayweather's site, newlibertarian.io, and runs a blog, a, a personal blog, over at utopium.blog, where he writes on agorism, permaculture farming, and uh, much, much more. So without further ado, uh, Alex, welcome to the Vani Podcast. Sir, uh, how are you doing? Uh, well, I guess it's uh, evening there for you, right? Uh, yeah, I just finished job, um, uh, my job uh, at about an hour or so ago. We went a little bit over time, and I was rushing home <laughs> to talk with you so it's great to be here uh good to be on time that's not a <laughs> usual thing for me <laughs> <laughs> very good uh, yeah very good well yeah it's uh it's it's a pl- uh, it's a it's a pleasure man I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about uh obviously as i put in the uh, in the show promo i want to talk i want to talk start with uh, norway and scandinavia um as uh, as our as our topics i don't know anything about the country and i'm always uh, or i guess the the region the area and uh, i'd uh, I'm, I'm always looking for uh for i'm always interested in learning more about potential places for uh, perpetual traveling or strategic relocation uh so uh, anyway, I guess, uh, first off, before we even get into that, um, why don't you start with a brief introduction? Uh, who are you and uh, what do you do? I'm Alex. I am from Sweden originally, but I have been living in Norway for the past 13, 14 years or so. Uh, I work as used to work as a bartender and a waiter. Right now, I'm a beer brewer. Uh, try, trying that stuff out. It was either beer brewer or chef, and uh-huh. beer brewing appeals a lot more to me <laughs> right. personally. Um, so that's my day job. Uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. I, so so uh, so so brewing. Uh, I actually my my day job. Um, I call it my not real day job. Um, but uh, I I actually work at a distillery. Um, so I make liquor and you make beer. It seems. It oh really? Good. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, we we are match made in heaven. <laughs> uh, yeah. What kind of are are you uh, are you making uh, the brews themselves, or are you a technician? Um, no, uh, I, I'm basic. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a fa- I guess uh, it's a family distillery. Um, so uh, I do. Yeah, we do, we all do everything. So yeah, I yeah make the, make the liquor. Um, yeah, all that. Yeah. Ah, cool. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. I am. What what kind of uh, liquor do you make? Uh, so like, uh, is this like everything or is yeah so uh, so bourbon uh, I guess all, all different types of whiskey um, yeah bourbon rye whiskey corn whiskey um, we'll do some some vodka some different some flavored moonshine sort of stuff uh, um, lots of yeah lots lots of uh, lots of stuff in the works for sure <laughs> nice love it indeed indeed so uh, so so what else uh, yeah. uh, any, we, uh, yeah. yep any, anything else you'd like to add, add to your introduction uh, uh, yeah, I I found out about um, this cool guy called Samuel Edward, uh, Samuel Conkin mm. um, like three four years ago, and when I, after I read the New Libertarian Manifesto, I figured out I was 
have been, have been an agorist for uh, at least half my life, all my adult life, but at least half my half my life. And that was a big revelation. Um, <laughs> uh, so I had to go. Um, I have always been a dissident since I was a kid. Uh, if there was rules, I had to break them, kind of. Right. And uh, there was always something that was not right with me. And when I was 14, uh, 14, 15, I found out, found a book in the library called Machine Freedom. And I was setting the tone for the rest, basically. (laughs) Right. Right. So it was, uh, start start with agorism. Um, That's, uh, that's, 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 that's uh, pretty great. I mean, it's, it's not, uh, I don't know. It seems like I interview a lot of people um, who uh, who were just always uh, always rebellious. Um, who, like you know, they've always kind of been anarchists. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, it's it's strange. I haven't really, I haven't really. Uh, I guess I I've written a little bit. I've, I've mentioned a little bit about it, but I wasn't really. Uh, that wasn't really me. <laughs> I wasn't really me. So um, that's uh, that's that, that, that's interesting. Yeah, mine was definitely uh, the philosophical, um, economic. Which I guess I guess uh, agorism is too. But agorism is. I mean, to you, you can't just uh, um, you can't just preach agorism, right? Um, you know, the, the 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 focus of agorism is action. Um, so um, it's actually you know actually building. Oh yeah, agora. for sure. So um, so yeah, that's uh, yeah yeah. I, I just I start with the theory and the education. So uh, I, I certainly respect uh, you know starting with uh, with the action portion of it. So um, and uh, I guess uh, you also came across uh, came across second round book on strategy at some point, right? Because uh, um, I noticed uh, this would have been maybe middle of last year. Um, I saw a book review pop up for that. Um, so uh, I guess uh, could you tell us a little bit about uh, about uh, that that book review? Uh, what you thought of uh, second realm? I. I found your podcast first. The, your, you and Kyle, right? Oh, yeah, right, yes. Is, uh, your, your former co-host. Right. Yep. Or I guess it's technically still is your co-host, but it's not been on for a while. Right. <laughs> right, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I found your podcast when I was uh, searching for new podcasts to fill, fill my trips to work. Nice. Uh, work with. And... Uh, I don't remember this exact search term, but it was something like agorism or uh, voluntarism or liberty or something in that <laughs> in that uh, line of thinking. And uh, your your uh, podcast logo popped up, and it was like I don't know what one is, but <laughs> let's try this one out. And you, I was going uh, backwards, or, or uh, the la- the latest episode first, and I'm going backwards in your. Uh, uh, in your series about the second realm mm-hmm. and that's how i found out about oh they're talking about the book <laughs> right and then i had to check out the book and then off off i went <laughs> gotcha so that was so that was a, that was a little and then the, a little while ago then uh, was it a year i guess uh, do you remember when that was uh i'm just curious not sure not too sure no not not too no, sure no problem it doesn't matter sure <laughs> Uh, the book re- book review came out a lot a lot later than the knowledge came. <laughs> gotcha. So it was uh, you and uh, you and your co-hosts' uh, fault. I tripped over that book and Smuggler and uh, Frank Braun and all those cool cool guys. Right. Indeed. Indeed. Well, that's uh, that's that's awesome to hear, man. Uh, awesome to hear. Uh, I, I'm I'm always curious uh, 
when when someone stumbles across uh, stumbles across Vanu, um, you know what's uh, what, what their reaction is. So that's that's interesting. So uh, I guess um, I guess let's talk. Let's let's get into Norway and Scandinavia here. Um, so yeah, as I said, um, I'm always interested in, in you know perpetual traveling and strategic strategic relocation um, areas uh, for, uh, for for Vanuans in general. Um, just for me, out of my own curiosity, and maybe even uh, you know maybe even sometime in the future. And uh, you know there there are Vanuans that do a lot of uh, a lot of uh, some of our Vanuan listeners that do a lot of traveling. So. Um, I guess, uh, could you tell us a little bit about, uh, I guess, life in Scandinavia? Um, and I'll just kind of leave it open-ended there, and you can tell us whatever. That's, that's, a, that's a good question, actually. Uh, it's, it's very hard to... I'm probably not the best at marketing Scandinavia for anarchists at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, see, see, I don't, don't, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think about it as market mar- marketing for marketing for anarchists. I mean, uh, um, give it, give us the hard truths. Uh, you know, like, uh, um, like, uh, you know, if I were t- if I were telling someone about living in the United States, I'd probably tell them that, um, you know, the cops, uh, you know, the bludgies, uh, you know, kill a lot of people here. Unfortunately, um, lots of people are tossing cages for plants, or I guess, I guess that that that's that seems to be changing. Um, so I guess, uh, like, what's the, I guess the the political, economic, uh, personal freedom um, kind of outlook uh, in, in Norway, and I guess also things that might be of interest for folks like uh, um, like the climate, uh, things of that nature. It the political climate is very weird, especially I have, I've always been interested in international politics, and when I take my experiences reading, listening to TV shows and podcasts talking about, for example, America or southern europe or england and stuff like this scandinavia sticks out less very strange <laughs> it's um the since a uh, hundred years a little bit over 100 years the scandinavia united has uh, been a social democratic kind of a union uh, hmm. Both Norway, uh, Sweden, Norway, Sweden, and Denmark has has a strong tradition in the social democratic uh, ideologic uh, idea world. Uh, all three countries. I don't, I'm I'm not sure if Finland is the same, but I my impression is that it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, the social democratic party in Sweden has ruled for the majority of. The country having uh, democracy uh, with patches of uh, conservative rule as well, but it's the Social Democratic Party is by far the most prolific uh, influence on everyday life, mm-hmm. and and uh, it's about the same in Denmark and in Norway too. So uh, the political climate is very strange (laughs) for uh, Americans to get wrap their heads around Um, for example uh, red flag laws in the United States Mm -hmm. is a very new thing for you guys right but Uh, that has been the default for (laughs) in Sweden forever so if you have a gun license in Sweden um I don't know. Do you do you need to have gun license in the uh, USA? 
Um, so it, in most, in most, uh, pl- like, I guess, uh, in most places you don't have to, like, you don't have to have a, uh, a permit to, um, it's here, here, here where I live, it's terrible. You have to, you have to get a, something called a firearm owner's identification card. Um, so you have to be authorized. Okay. Yep. You have to be approved by, um, the Illinois state police. Um, but in, in most, and I guess in, in, in some places, I'd say, I'm not going to say most cause that, 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 that's the tide seems to be changing, but, um, and, and, and I'd say in some, in some states, probably, probably over half, um, yeah, you don't really need, you don't need a, um, you don't um, much need a permit. Um, yeah, it, it depends on the state, though. Right. Here you need a permit per gun. <laughs> so every gun you want, you need to ask the police, can I have this? And they can say no, or they can say yes. If you if they say yes, you pay a fee, you, you get, they give you a license, and then when you get a license, you agree to all this kind of stuff. And one of those stuff is sort of a red flag law. <laughs> Yeah, that the police can show up anytime they want, inspect that you are keeping your gun safe in a state-approved safe, and if if uh, they suspect you are mentally ill or a threat or anything like that, they can re- revoke your license, uh, steal your steal your gun, and mm-hmm. that's that. So red, <laughs> so red red flags laws are the default. Gotcha. Um. What else is different? We have uh, socialized hospitals. There is some privatization going on. So the queues for hospitals are so so long and complicated, and you get uh, direct when you go to a hospital, you go to the reception and say, "Hi, I'm sick," and they're like, "Okay, what kind of sickness do you have? I don't know. I need a doctor." And then you get bounced around the hospital for the whole day, and then maybe you get a X-ray or a, some prescription medicines, and and then you can, if the if you're ill, still ill, they can they can come back another day, and then now you have a rec- some form of paper that says something, and then maybe you will get less bounced around the hospital and uh, yeah, it's just a complicated process. So there is this, uh, these entrepreneurs that, that um, made the reception part private, sort of. They're called Dr. Drop-In. You can just go there. Mm-hmm. You'll ha- have 30 minutes uh, to talk with a doctor and they will write a recommendation where you should go in the hospital. And 30 minutes... Hmm. Uh, it costs the same, no matter what your eels are, and all that stuff. And they cut down the waiting time a lot. <laughs> gotcha. So you're so there is some privatization uh, going on in the hospital industry here, but for the most part, it's state owned, state paid for, or tax taxpayers pay for the hospital. Mm-hmm. So that would be a huge change. Right. If you have a, you can have a private private uh, hospital insurance. You're still having to pay taxes for the social insurance, and and you get help faster at the hospital if you have this <laughs> private insurance. It's right. it's very weird. And see that that's not and insurance uh, companies, that's, and that that's not really that strange. That I mean, that's how it is with uh, with public with public indoctrination, public schools here. So yeah, even even if you homeschool your child, even if you pay fifty thousand, I don't know how much it is, fifty thousand dollars or however much it is, a lot of money uh, to send your kid to a private school, you still have to pay the property th- the property taxes, the property thefts. Oh right. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's it's yeah. it's it's. 
I don't know. Like, uh, um, obviously, like uh, um, going and experiencing places is really the only the only way to um, to really get a feel for it. But as far as as far as the political and economic climate throughout the world, um, it really like it's all just communist. Like, um, it's all just like, especially like over in over in <laughs> Europe and and uh, and uh, and and uh, and Great Britain, um, England. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just all like it's all just they're just everyone just like ten or fifteen years ahead of the U.S. is just it seems like. Um, so it's. I don't know. It's it's kind of disappointing. Like I'm waiting for someone to come on here and say, "Oh, you know, there's uh, there's some there's some bad parts, but you know, here it, there's a really really good possibility for freedom. You know, there's actually some some good things happen. Like, um, but there's not really that. Um, it's all it's all kind of happening right. in the underground. <laughs> homeschooling is banned in uh, Sweden. <laughs> really, you're you're not allowed to homeschool your your kids. Nope. There are some private schools, but they have to conform to the state. Um, yeah. State state set programs, right? So the uh, the kids need to know this and these exact things. And if they don't, it's the, it's not an approved school, and you cannot have a school anymore. Right. It's yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. There is a minor movement to for for homeschooling to be legal again, but. They are like a tiny minority. There are like uh, maybe fifty people working towards uh, towards that. Gotcha. Um, that's that's also a huge difference, I think, between the United States and Europe. Because here we are more conformists. We are you have the main main mainstream culture, and that uh, involves like eighty percent of the of the country and the culture, so so mm-hmm. to speak, and then, then you have oddballs, of course, but mostly it's just fiddling with the uh, at the edges of the current state of things, like the when the conservative conservatives in Sweden uh, has some form of good ideas, like oh, okay, maybe we should privatize schools. Uh, and uh, and the left and the social democrats are like, no, we, sh- we should only have public schools. Uh, these poor kids, they will uh, they will don't want to learn as good as in public schools. And then you know you have a pr- this kind of propaganda war. And then mm-hmm. they they find out that okay, maybe we can have private schools, but they still have to uh, use the same uh, programs to learn. This the, the, this ah. Uh, this this information is something all kids you know and you can't budge on that mm-hmm. no matter if it's private or public yeah yeah so i'll jump in here real quick uh phoenix uh looks like, yeah looks like uh, phoenix of liberty's back uh good uh he says good to hear you shane loving the content he uh, sent a five dollar super chat thank you uh very much for that uh good to see you here and uh yeah for uh for the the handful of folks folks uh tuning in uh certainly welcome please feel free to drop any questions or comments uh in chat um or i guess uh, if you just want to join in on the conversation um I'll be uh well, we uh, we are both uh, we're both there uh, watching the chat. So um I guess uh, I'll, I'll just kind of uh, ask ask this question more generally and and, and it's it is disappointing man. Um like uh, I, I will say uh, I was in uh, I was in Mexico in Acapulco from um November I guess for a month and a half um towards the end of last year. 
and uh, in a lot of ways, there was there was certainly a, a, there was certainly a, a lot more freedom. Um, but at the same time, um, Acapulco is a police state. Um, like a real, it's a it's it's a it's a police state, and that's not a fun place for an anarchist to be. Um, you know, with, with the, especially when they're you know militarized with turrets. I guess with turrets and things, um, or mounted mounted guns um, on on the back of on the back of uh, pickup trucks. But um, so yeah, in, in some ways there was a lot more freedom, and in some ways, uh, um, in some ways, you know, there's you know it's it's, it's more it's a more dangerous place in many regards uh, certainly more dangerous than uh my uh, my homestead out here in the middle of nowhere um so um you know there, there's always benefits and drawbacks to everything so i guess the the question i'll, I'll pose to you is um for for venuans for anarchists for people interested in personal freedom um would you uh i guess uh um, for, from your experiences uh um, norway or scandinavia would, would those be uh, places you'd recommend uh, to venuans or anarchists it's, it highly depends on what you are interest in doing we don't have a police state even if some people are pushing it towards that here in norway the police doesn't have guns by default if they need a gun they have to call into the headquarters and they get a pass passcode to a safe in their car and then you they punch the passcode <laughs> and then they get a gun um so they, i like that and, a little a little goddamn Sweden, restraint there's <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> because uh, if they if they if they really are there to protect us, they should. I mean, I want if if I'm paying for it, I want as much protection as possible, right? My my bodyguards are going to be have semi-automatics and all that stuff in an ideal world, right? Right. And they need to know kung fu <laughs> and stuff, but. <laughs> Um, right, but but your armed security wouldn't. Ta- uh, would, so it's, it's would, weird. But in, in, yeah, your, your armed security wouldn't want to toss you in cages for not paying taxes and things. So, so um, yeah, different. <laughs> no, t- exactly. So it's 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 good and bad. It's good and bad. <laughs> right. Um, uh, in Sweden, in in the big cities like Stockholm, Gothenburg, and Malmo, uh, there is a huge density of cops. But outside those big cities, there is. Very, uh, cop presence is very rare. Like my mom lives in a town with about 12,000 people. There is uh, no cop there. There is a cop 40, 40 minutes away. <laughs> right. uh, in the northern parts of Sweden, there's like one cop that's covering like the state of Vermont for himself. <laughs> right. And something like that. So, so... So there, there is a difference between us. So yeah, if you really, really don't like to see cops, then Sweden is perfect, <laughs> as long as you avoid the big cities. Right. So, so I guess, uh, I guess a, a, a question that that came to mind, and like I like I said before, I don't I don't know anything about Scandinavia. Um, I've only ever been um, south south of the border here and south of the border of the U.S. Uh, to Mexico. So uh, Mexico and Canada actually. Um, never been over to, over to uh, to Europe. Mm. So I mean, I I, I, I don't know the I don't know the geography very well. Um, but uh, I guess for um, like uh, for for wilderness Venuans, maybe uh, for for maybe uh, you know van nomads who like uh, who like uh, you know so called like maybe uh, you know public national parks. Um, I guess uh, how how would those lifestyles fare uh, in Scandinavia? Very well. We have something called uh, Allemansrätten, and I'll see if I can find a good uh, translation. 
And what did you say it was called? Allemansrätten. Uh, so it's uh, right of public access is the uh. proper English name for it. Um, what it, this does is that you are, as long as something is not fenced in, you're allowed to uh, go there or travel through there in some capacity. And if you are there for under 24 hours, you can even make a tent or something like that is. So if you're a outdoorsy bonuren with a tent and some really good uh, walking shoes and like forests and mountains and uh, these uh, exotic Scandinavian uh, geog- geographic, then it's perfect because you're as long as not fenced in, you're allowed to be there. Gotcha. As and as uh, I, I guess um, you, I, have, I, you have you have to. Uh, so I was just gonna just gonna ask. Uh, I know when I was uh, uh, when I was looking at uh, camping spots uh, and, and saying Colorado at the beginning of this year, um, a lot of the places in Colorado were yep. uh, were charging. Uh, and then these were called these were Colorado state parks, not uh, not federal. I, I guess not not federal, but um, yeah, the the state parks were like thirty dollars um, a night. Um, so that I mean, it basically it's it's there. It's uh, you know it's the commons. You you have access to it for twenty four hours. Is it is it? Uh, I guess uh, uh, there's no such thing as a free lunch. But uh, do you do you have to pay for it? Or is it, or is it just subsidized? No, no, no. It's for it's for free. It's gotcha, for free. gotcha. As long as you don't disturb the land in some way, if you uh, if you're making a fire, you have to ask the ask for permission. But if you have a gas gas oil grill or something like that, then it's it's all good. Gotcha. So that's so that's a positive. Um, that's that's definitely a positive. I guess just one one, one, one other one other question. I guess that that comes to mind is, um, you know, you said things are you know pretty socialized there with the healthcare. Um, or is the cost of uh, what's the what's the cost of living like? Uh, w- yeah, what's the cost of living like? Um, as far as uh, I guess as far as for a per- perpetual traveler, someone who's a non-citizen, um, the taxes there I don't think would would uh, I don't think that I, I don't know for sure. But um, but anyway, I guess what well, cost of living, uh, taxes, uh, things like that. Um, Norway and Sweden are very, uh, very tax-heavy countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, both, it, 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 and the, the taxes are hidden in so many ways, and through fees and obligatory payments you have to make, and all that kind of stuff. So it's quite hard to figure out how. As it turns out, it's very hard to figure out how your exact tax rate, but and. Uh, depending on what you consume uh, will have different tax rates as well. Alcohol and fuel and uh, tobacco and stuff like that is super heavily taxed. Right. Yeah. Every uh, food has a special tax that is a little bit lower on the lower side books too, but the rest is like at least 25% VAT. Yeah. uh, In the, uh, gasoline is uh, like sixty five percent taxed. <laughs> it's just so uh, and uh, yeah. How to put it? Um, so, uh, the cost of living in Sweden is very low compared to Norway. It's almost half. If you're renting an apartment, then especially Oslo is very very expensive. I think I think Oslo was in the fifth place some a couple of years ago the fifth place uh, that was the most expensive to the uh, city to live in in the world i don't think it's been better <laughs> in that regard mm. 
but in Sweden, uh, stuff you buy at the grocery store is a, a lot cheaper. I can fill a bag of groceries in Norway and in Sweden, and I pay half in Sweden. About just just about depends on brands and all that availability of stuff and and what you're sure. consuming, of course. Sure. So, uh, but between the two, it's a lot cheaper to be a tourist kind of uh, person in Sweden than it is in Norway. I have worked in bars in and around uh, the city center of Oslo for so long, and I, I just uh, that tourists are get gasping at the uh, drink prices. It just doesn't face me anymore. It's like, yeah, <laughs> but what are you gonna do? <laughs> right. Right. So, so I guess, uh, um, another, another thing I'm curious about, and, uh, when I had Demelza Hayes on and she was talking about Liechtenstein, I asked her this question too. Um, but, I, so, so I guess, uh, say there's a, a Vanuan who actually wants to, you know, he's just, uh, strategically relocating, wants to, wants to buy, wants to buy a piece of land in Scandinavia somewhere. Um, how hard is it for, um, I guess, uh, um, someone, you know, uh, I guess a non-Norwegian or a non-Scandinavian person to, to uh, you know, acquire uh, private property um, or acquire a piece of land there? Um, is, it, uh, is it easy, super difficult? Uh, could you speak to that? It's, uh, it's very, very easy. We have a very, uh, very tight system. It's a very... The bureaucracy around that particular, uh, like uh, land titles, are very nice. Really, the, you can get uh, exact measurements of how much the property is uh, on a map, and then they can map it out for you. And like you're, you you know what you're buying. <laughs> That's the it's never going to be an, an issue over there with some. If you just bought, bought, bought a property and your neighbor is starting to make a fuss, then you just go to the land uh, land measurement office in your local commune and they will just measure it for you. No, sorry, this person is correct or this uh, or the other person is correct. Uh, land in Norway is very expensive. I wouldn't buy any land here. In Sweden, it's super cheap. You can get about 40, 40 acres for 50,000, something like this. And okay. just just the wood on the on the property is worth at least fifty thousand. So you're getting getting the money back. I've been interested in buying a homestead in in Sweden for a couple of years now. So I've been checking the prices. Right. Oh, so you, you are, they, you've already been looking into them. Very stable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And the prices are stable, and they're not moving. I could uh, the same property I saw five years ago is still going unsold. So I'm not entirely sure what's going on but it's very cheap it's very accessible uh americans but in particular as long as you got the money mm-hmm. they they don't discriminate if you're uh, where you're from as long as you got the money and you you're uh, you can id yourself in some way you you can buy land, land titles in uh, sweden no problem you're still subject to uh, taxes and all the uh, the by law the communes need to supply everybody in their commune with water, sanitation, garbage pickup, and all this kind of stuff. 
So you need to pay for that too, unless you have a well or some way to be self-sufficient. Otherwise, you need to buy it from the from the state. And this can be very costly in some places. And so if you're on the grid, sounds it's sounds like it's uh, sounds like I guess at least Norway um, or Sweden. Um, sound, uh, sounds like it's uh, it's it's a lot more bureaucratic uh, bureaucratic as far as because um, I know like uh, well, well, I guess I'll, I'll explain. So there's uh, there's incorporated land and unincorporated land here uh, here in the U.S. Um, incorporated means that so um, what was the difference? Um, so yeah, yeah, so the the, the um, incorporated ones, there's uh, there's a lot of uh, local ordinances and regulations. So they might require you to have a septic septic tank. Where um, if you're going to make an addition onto your property, you have to get a permit from them. Um, whereas like my homestead is in, in, in an un- unincorporated area, um, I don't have to go ask permission from anybody. Everyone can fuck off. I can do what I want to. Um, so that's the difference. Is that uh, like there's no <laughs> there's no local authority that wants me to go and ask them for a permit if I want to build a pond or something. Um, so that would be that would that that'd be the so that'd be I guess, and that, that's that's not that's not how it is everywhere. Of course not. Um, but yeah, uh, unincorporated areas uh, tend to be a little better. So um, yeah, it sounds like it's a little more bureaucratic. It's like if you want to do anything, um, if you want to do anything, it sounds like you have to jump yeah, through yeah. some hoops. I was uh, reading on a forum a few weeks ago about a guy that got fined because he forgot to mention to the building permit board on in his commune that it, he, he he wanted to sh- change the height of his uh, window wow that's it just something that so it's small very, it's very super detail oriented kind of stuff gosh and like everything has measurements and everything has like if you want to build a wall around your house it has to be a specific height if you go over it the, the commune will come come and cut it down for you <laughs> and it's uh, it's like ah, it's a it's a very um what how to how to put it it's probably as like um a very strange idea that you the there is some guy in an office that has the perfect measurements and if anybody goes above those measurements all all the world will just implode <laughs> or something <laughs> right so if, the, if the window is an inch too big, damn it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Right. That's against the law, sir. So I mean, it, it sounds it sounds like as a, as an I guess uh, as a, as a nomad, as a perpetual traveler, for someone who's a I guess a non citizen, not looking to settle down and buy a piece of land there, it sounds like uh, Scandinavia, Sweden, sounds like they're they're not bad places um, for for a nomad. Um, would that be would no, that be no, a good conclusion? for sure not. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, it depends on where you where you settle as well. Like some some uh, communes, it's very dependent on the bureaucrat in charge, so to speak, of the commune. So in some places, you can have this young person that is don't don't isn't as harsh as like the uh, the boomer type that is uh, has to, had this job since he was 18 and it's like super serious about it uh, and uh, needs a building permit for every screw that you put into your house right <laughs> so it's it's not uniform across the across the across Scandinavia it's highly dependent on where you are and the bigger the city is the more bullshit you have to keep keep up with so to speak mm-hmm. right right 
Yeah, yeah, that's that that's that's a good point. I mean, yeah, it's it's you can't generalize across across uh, countries and let alone uh, multiple countries and regions. So, um, yeah, uh, it's, got, it's 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 it's. I think that's yeah, that's, that's pretty normal. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, obviously, as I've, as I've kind of um, discussed, you know, like it's the United, like the the U.S. is one thing, and then every every single state is different from most things. Um, so I mean, I'm sure that's 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 definitely how it is. Uh, how, yeah, right. How it is there too. So I guess the in the flyover states, I guess the if they have building permits and stuff like that, they're not as harsh as they're going to be in Los Angeles, for example. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So, so um, I guess uh, is there anything else you want to mention about uh, about Norway or Scandinavia? Um, uh, anything else to conclude that? Because I'd, I'd like to get on to. Uh, um, I don't know. I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, your, your your future plans. But yeah, anything else on uh, Norway and Scandinavia? If you, if you haven't been here, you should definitely try it out. It's uh, it's a cool experience. <laughs> uh, I might be biased since I live here, but. If it's um, the the things they steal in taxes is absurd. Uh, mm-hmm. The price price could be a lot lower. Everything could be more efficient. Uh, everything could be less central centralized, and <laughs> right. uh, there could be less r- rules. There could be less laws. There is an absurd amount of laws. Oh yeah. Um, and we have a very strange culture, especially for, uh, for Americans. For bo- both good and bad. But I, I highly recommend everybody to just at least try out, uh, come here and try it out, try out Scandinavia for a bit. Maybe you like it. Who knows? <laughs> right. Right, and why not go visit? Uh, you know, take you know, take take some time off your servile society job, or hopefully, hopefully, you're out of the servile society and out of the first realm, and you can just take a vacation wherever you want to, whenever you want to. Um, yeah, why not take a vacation somewhere? Yeah, um, why not try? You can all, like Max Hillebrand. If 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 you if you hate it, uh, you can always just leave, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's yeah, it's, it's exactly. always 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 worth testing out. Always worth testing out. So you mentioned that uh, you're uh, you're interested in. Uh, you've been you've been looking into, and that you're interested in, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, getting a homestead sometime. And I, I also noticed on your blog that you've done, uh, you've you've written quite a few book reviews um, on on all sorts of books, uh, from I, I guess uh, sort of kind of the the green anarchism kind of variety, um, as well as uh, just uh, yeah yeah homesteading, guerrilla gardening, uh, things of that nature. So I guess uh, do you want to talk a little bit about your um, about your future uh, your your future plans for your Vanu lifestyle, and uh, um, I guess uh, what got you interested in it? Uh, what's uh, um, yeah, what are your plans? Yeah, it's uh, going to be a little longer backstory. <laughs> sure. um, I I've been an agorist for a long time, and, and longer than I knew <laughs> knew about the agorism, because I the the reason I w- I'm working used to work as a bartender and a waiter is because of the tip money and the tip money in Norway, uh, compared to Sweden, is insane. Uh, Three-fourths of my salary used to be a tip, and uh, you didn't have to pay tax, uh, taxes on it. Uh, you were supposed to, but you didn't, they didn't have a control system or anything like that, so you could just slide out on one under the right radar. And uh, most, and you, I could just collect my tip money in cash, mm-hmm. 
And the next day I can go, go to the store and I could buy a laptop just in cash. Or I could buy gold or uh, cryptocurrencies or other, uh, other kinds of hardware with this. Mm-hmm. And just strangle, <laughs> strangle out the taxman out of the biggest chunk of my pay- paycheck, basically. And all that changed last summer. Last summer, they were going to take. They were proposing a new law in par- parliament, and that's when I woke up and was like, oh shit, I, I can't be la- be a lazy bartender anymore, uh, because uh, they were, they fu- they figured out a way to collect taxes from tip yeah. by making the employer. Uh, responsible for for collecting taxes on the tip. Ah, so dirty dogs. And uh, that law, that law, yes. And that when since that law came into effect, everybody stopped tipping because they don't want to pay the state for for your for your good service, right? So uh, my yeah. salary has crashed. <laughs> yeah. So I so, so figured the it was time to... Government, government killed your job. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so if, if I was 70, 75% agorist before, like super gray, gray market, mm-hmm. had a super, super great gray market income, uh, they killed it. So now I'm maybe, maybe 10%, something like that. Yeah. So I had to figure out new ways to do it. And the easiest way is uh, to grow stuff and then sell them to friends and family and other other people that don't like to pay too much for for goods. Mm -hmm. And that's where my interest in... uh, Brewing came too as well. So now I'm working as a brewer. Just I get a good pay, an all right paycheck, but it's taxed. So it's I don't keep as much as I I want to. But that's such is life. But I uh, I get a education in brewing for essentially free. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And that's 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 worth a lot. Right. And, and, and I will say if, if, if you if you know how to if you know how to brew, um, I've never brewed beer before, but from what I've heard, brewing beer is more difficult than brewing liquor. So if you know how to if you know how to um, I mean, you know, the, the physics and the steps are pretty similar. But um, but yeah, if you know, so if, mm-hmm. yeah, if, if you know how to make beer, you can make liquor, too. And it's easier. So um, just a heads up. <laughs> yep. That's cool. <laughs> I, I want to learn how to uh, br- uh, distill as well. Because uh, who doesn't like booze, right? <laughs> I have, I have, yeah. a, um, but it's uh, it's illegal here to to make uh, liquor for private citizens. You have to have a permit, and um, with that, you need to have a like a factory like environment to get even get the mm-hmm. permit. So, but uh, you can brew beer and wine at home, no problem. But you can get 
you, but you can't get, have distillery equipment. That's count. It's without a permit because that counts like you are trying to do drugs or something like that. Something similar. It's worded very harshly. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I will say it's not. Sorry, it's, it's it's not legal for um at least um at least it, from from what I how I understand it. It's not legal for for a private for a private individual to brew their own booze, but plenty of people do it anyway. Um. And I mean, they yeah. they they won't they, they, don't, they don't really they don't really care that much. Is like if you're slinging moonshine through 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 like through the countryside or something, they'd probably care about that. But um, yeah, the where where I work, it's all right. it's all it's all above board and shit. So yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you know what ethereal etheric oils are. Essential oils. Essential oils. Yeah, yeah. It's a basic. Yeah, you. Basically, you steam leaves and you separate uh, the salt and uh, all that kind of stuff and parts of it. Uh, it's, uh, essential oils. Mm-hmm. I was I bought a kit. How <laughs> I bought a kit for my uh, girlfriend's uh, birthday last year, so that she could make essential oils. Uh, but the toll, I bought it from the United States because there was a suite set up where which which you could use in the kitchen and it was uh, a good price and all that. So I, I bought it from the United States and the toll uh, confiscated and trashed it. Really? <laughs> because uh, they, yeah, it looks like a distill, distillery uh, apparatus. Exactly, yeah. It looks like something you can make booze with. Yes, you can use a boot. you can use a, like, it's a still as a still as a still. I mean, you can, yeah, so, um, yep. yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can make distilled, yeah, distilled oils, yeah, uh, essential oils too, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it but this this one was very very small. You know those uh, travelers uh, Jägermeister bottles <laughs> they can get in the in the hotel uh, mini bars like those was really tiny bottles. Yeah, yeah. This this was the amount it produced per per sitting, so that per distillery. <laughs> so it was just absurd. Like I'm not going to make some moonshine, moonshine uh, <laughs> a sip at a time. <laughs> right. Right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um so yeah, I guess uh, uh the, the story, uh getting back to uh, I guess your your interest in uh, your interest in homes your interest in homesteading and uh how, how you got to how you got to that point and and what your plans are? Um learning more about growing stuff. Uh this past year, me and a couple of friends have uh, grown tobacco on balconies. Oh, nice. We are we are city rats, so we, we we are we are very cramped with space and stuff like that. And in here in Norway, um, apartments are very small. Uh, at least if you if you if you don't if you're not that rich, at least. But and you have so we have to make do with the uh, the space we had. So we used balconies to grow tobacco. Okay, nice. Uh, I'm going to expand on that project a little bit the, this coming coming year. I'm going to ask some neighbors if I can use their. Uh, my uh, my neighbors have some uh, some land, so that they're not using for anything in particular, except uh, cursing that because they have to move the lawn and stuff like that. So I'm going to ask if I can put in some uh, grow beds there and grow some uh, flowers and tobacco in a lot larger scale mm-hmm. 
and move on from there. Just figuring out how to grow, grow stuff, and in the meantime, save for a homestead. So when when I finally get a homestead, I know I have a plan worked out, uh, what I'm going to grow, how how I'm going to grow it, right, and all that. That's my step, at least. Yourself, you you're living in a homestead. Are you growing yeah. any vegetables, fruits? Um, so this past year, um, yeah, this past year I had a garden and I had chickens. Um, the chickens, yeah, the, I, I lost, I lost the chickens. They're going to be, they're free range chickens. That's, you know, the way I, the way that I wanted to do it and they disappeared. Um, so yep. I lost a dozen of them. Um, but yeah, I had, yeah, there's a, a yeah, small garden chickens. Um, and I, I was hoping to do a lot more this year, um, with it. My, my goal is to be, uh, you know, off grid in a handful of years or so. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that, not a lot has, has, has happened, unfortunately, um, not as much as I would have, as I would have hoped. Um, but, uh, that's how it typically works. Right. Um, manage your expectations, I guess, but, um, but yeah, Slow like, as they do wins a race. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. And, and I mean, I, so there's, there's like, I, I want to make improvements on the homestead. I obviously do, but then I also at like, um, at the same time, subsequently I want to, um, I, I want to get a van and convert it, um, as well. Um, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start traveling, um, wouldn't start traveling the next year or two, but I want to have that. I want to have that mobile home ready to go because I am not really sure how things are going to go here in the States over the next five or 10 years. I don't want to be caught with my pants down. Um, if I need to leave, I want to have my, yep. my mobile home ready to go. Um, my converted vans. So, um, yep. that's, uh, <laughs> so I, I mean, my, 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 my pr- priorities are kind of divided right now. Um, and I've, I've, I've got to, I've got to sit down and actually, you know, make some plans and, and, and figure some things out. But, um, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> So the plan with the van is to make it so you can live in it oh, in yeah. emergencies. Yep, and off grid. Well, uh, that will be its fir- its first purpose, um, just as a preparatory measure. But then, yeah, I do eventually plan on, um, yep. yeah, hitting the road. So yeah, that's that's a really good idea. I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, I view. I don't know if you know a lot about guerrilla gardening. But if you're, so it's it's basically um, gardening where you're not allowed to garden. <laughs> it's uh, most yeah. simple explanation. So the gorgeous variety but on public mm-hmm. land or, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> or on the public land or on the private property where the property owner is not keeping <laughs> check of, of uh, on his property that often. Right. Right. And. Uh, van, uh, the the van nomadism matches very well with uh, guerrilla gardening because if for example if you view your homestead as a your headquarters right and then you have your van that makes mm-hmm. you more mobile and in your van you maybe have a kayak or a bicycle or something like that that makes you even more mobile yep. then there is no limit to where you can garden or where you can set up a production facility or yeah, anything like that, because you're then you're super mobile. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Especially if you're doing it on land that can't be connected back to you. Yes, yeah, yeah. Obviously, the the, the combination of strategies here. Um, you're referring to the, the proxy merchant role. Um, you know, the the set of the second realm strategy. Yes, of course. Yeah, com- combine second realm. Yeah, the second realm strategy and Vaughn as much as possible. Um, very much. Uh, yeah, left left hand and right hand. I guess you could say, um, is is one way to put it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, oh, you, you mentioned girly, yeah, yeah. See, so girly gardening. I wanted to mention. Um, so I don't know how much. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know how much you've uh, uh, learned about Rayo, the main. The, I guess the the founder of Vani, which I, I do know that for sure now. Um, but yeah, he talked about. Um, you know, he he started started out as a van nomad and then uh, moved on to wilderness Vani. He lived in a polyethylene a tent. Um, so yeah, just a tent out in uh, you know out on so called uh, you know public land in the Siskiyou National Forest, um, over a western part of the United States. And uh, he talked about uh, back in, uh, in some of his writings towards the end of uh, the 1960s, he called it crypto culture. Um, and the idea was to build small, you know, like, uh, or I guess, uh, I guess plant small patches of, uh, of vegetables on public land just scattered around, hidden, hidden in place, uh, you know, uh, and hidden places. Um, and then, uh, you know, you wait for it to, you, you wait for it to become time to harvest and then you go back there and pick it. Um, and if you're out there in the, if you're out there in the woods and no one else is ever there, I mean, um, especially with, 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 uh, he, he was, he was a decent, decent ways out in the woods for sure. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was something, uh, yeah. um, that was something that Rayo, um, that, uh, that, that Rayo talked about. Um, and he even went further, further than that. Um, and, uh, he was very, very I much, didn't know very that. much That's radical. Cool. Yeah. So he would even go further and say, um, like, uh, not only have one polyethylene tent, you know, not, not only one Vani, you know, Vani home base out there in the wilderness, but have like six or seven and move around, so, you know, don't stay at one, uh, you know, ro- don't, don't stay at the same one, um, for like two years in a row or something like that. Um, you know, have, have multiple, multiple places, multiple spots for crypto culture, you know, multiple crypto culture beds, um, you know, have, have multiple, you know, redundancies to all hell, but he was an engineer. So I guess that makes sense. That is so cool. Do you know? Do you know where he was um, describing this in his work? Um, you mean the, the location that uh, that he lived, um, or that he did these things? No, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, where where did he? He it, this this is something he wrote down, right? That oh yeah, was, that he was doing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Do you know mm-hmm. where? where it is written down <laughs> oh gosh yes oh yeah that okay that that's what you mean yeah um we've i've got uh at uh at the website uh bonniepodcast.com i've got uh there's uh i guess probably eight or nine um publications uh um Ray- and two of rayo's books um are up there um available for free download in pdf formats and the first book um and the second book will be up uh up there up there soon but the for the for, uh, for the first book there's an audiobook for it as well um so yeah there's uh there is no shortage um of uh of of information yeah there's a and and also um on elia publications we sell like probably seven or eight volume books um where he i guess uh we where not all of them are his books but he's got articles in all these publications so um oh yeah there's uh there if, if you're interested in learning more cool i can stuff. i can i can hook you up with some resources for sure Cool. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I since I followed uh, your podcasts for quite a time, right? Quite quite some time. Uh, I've heard about uh, you talking about Rayo all the time, but I I haven't got gotten around to <laughs> reading his stuff yet. Uh, what would you recommend for someone that is interested in permaculture and uh, guerrilla gardening and all that kind of stuff? Where 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 should people like me start? Um, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I would honestly, um, Rayo's first book, um, I would say is, would probably be the best place to start. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, that's all Rayo. Um, so I would, yeah, I'd, I'd probably recommend, uh, recommend his book, Vani, the search for personal freedom, which again, yeah, that's available for free in PDF, uh, and audiobook format at vanipodcast.com. Um, so I'd recommend his book. And then I'm, I'm looking here at the, the list of the ones that, that have digitized, um, for, uh, for interest in permaculture farming and things 
Um, I mean, there's uh, there's low cost living notes. Um, if I remember correctly, there's some home setting stuff there. Self liberation notes um, also has uh, some good home setting stuff, and, and Rayo does have articles in some of those and in, in those publications. But um, there's there's other folks as well. Um, I guess there's also uh, there's also dwelling portably. Um, which is a publication by uh, by Bart and what's their names? They're still around today, actually. I received an email from them. Um, they've been doing that publication since like the since the 1970s. They are uh, they are actually um, backpack nomads. They just they just you know walk around the Western United States and you know camp out, and that's what they've been doing for. 40 years a long time um so yeah um I, i'll i can i can definitely shoot you a link here um to the to the free books tab um but uh but yeah rayo's first book I, i'd recommend there um i mean you'll you'll get some good philosophy some good philosophy um and then yeah you also get the uh um he goes really in depth on uh, on the actual uh, on the actual practice of the stuff that he was doing out there in the woods so um yeah i think you'll i think you'll enjoy it yeah, it sounds like it's right up my alley. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Um, so I guess we've, we've been going for, oh, wow, um, it's going quick. Um, we've, been, we've already been going for, uh, for over an hour here, um, and that's uh, it's generally the length I like to, to try to keep, uh, keep shows to. Um, but uh, um, I guess, uh, um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I guess um, one, one thing we focus uh, really heavily on is uh, you know, uh, self-liberational media, where, uh, which is, uh, you know, um, media that teaches people how to do something so is there uh, i guess is there anything with uh, you i mean you, you you've already talked about uh, guerrilla gardening but uh, is there anything else you've come across um any uh, any book reviews on uh, on the on the uh, on the homesteading or permaculture farming um anything that you think is uh, any tips or tricks or anything really cool that you've come across that you'd like to share with uh, with my listeners yes there is one particular book that is called uh, complete uh Con- container garden uh, container gardening. No. Let's see if I have it available. Con- container gardening. Uh, container gardening complete is the co- is the book called, which okay. is uh, probably the only book you need if you if you want to grow in small confined spaces in uh, containers. If you're in an apartment or if you're in a van or if you are making a small shed somewhere in a, in a hidden forest somewhere mm-hmm. and you need to use containers to hide what you're growing or if you're strapped on place on space to grow in then i re- for sure recommend that book that book helped me out a lot i'm growing con- uh, i'm growing tomatoes on uh, as a co- uh, as a side project I grew con- uh, tomatoes in containers on my kitchen counter, and with that book and YouTube, I I got so much yield. My my tiny kitchen counter <laughs> gave me twenty pounds of tomatoes. Wow, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, you can you can get a lot. Um, like I, I had uh, back when I lived. Uh, this wasn't this wasn't at this homestead, but even just uh, I lived in town. Um, uh, up, I lived in town until like a year and a half ago. I had uh, two, I guess they were two by eight um, garden beds, um, or I guess yeah, they were one, one two by eight garden bed. Um, and uh, the amount of vegetables you yep. could pull out of there, I mean, I had to give, I had, I had to give so many away to my neighbors so they wouldn't go bad. Um, people would be really surprised what you can do with a, a super small amount of space. Um, even, I mean, and there, are, I know, I know people who are sprouting, who are sprouting stuff in their vans. Um, I mean, like if 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 the will is there. 
you can make it happen. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And uh, on the your own imagination is your limit. Exactly. <coughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm looking at chat here. Uh, Rachel. Uh, Rachel's here. America is also invaded by Canadian larpers like Stefan Molyneux, Jordan Peterson, Lawrence Southern. Um, that is. Uh, I, I guess I, I missed that one uh, from a little while ago. That is. Uh, that is true. Uh, that is, uh, that is, uh, certainly true. Certainly true. Um, I don't see anything else in chats, um, for the moment, but, um, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. I'll put a link to, to your book review in the show notes and, and obviously I'll, I'll, I'll put links to, to your website and also, um, uh, your, the uh, articles you've contributed to, to Salome Weather's site, uh, newlibertarian.io. Um, but I guess, uh, here to, uh, here, here, uh, here to close out, uh, um, some very, some great practical information people can use in their lives. Uh, I love that. But, uh, are there any other closing thoughts you'd like to, uh, to leave the listeners with? Uh, <laughs> you put, put me on the spot here. Uh, no, not not really. Uh, I think we should uh, have uh, have more of these talks. It was uh, a lot of fun to be here. Uh, shout out to you <laughs> and the Liberty under, under attack. Uh, the more people that do stuff and produce some great content and. Uh, Build a build a second round, the better. Oh yeah, I'm 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 definitely there with you. And, and yeah, I mean, I I want to do more of these. Uh, there's there's a lot of really 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 cool folks, uh, especially on Twitter. Um, fascist book sucks. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm actually on Twitter more now. It didn't used to be that way until I came across like this Bitcoin Twitter and. Uh, um, I guess just the the more I, I don't know Twitter Twitter Twitter's better. I mean it's still a centralized platform. But um, anyway, um, yeah, there's a lot of cool people I've come across on on Twitter. I think just um, a, even as part of the intermission series, uh, or I guess the interm- intermission series we do outside of the the main series with whatever um, major topic we're covering. Um, yeah, I think uh, more more conversations like this need to happen. One one hundred percent. And uh, yeah, need to learn need to. Uh, you know, learn from each other as much as we can. You know, it's the information age. There's, there's no reason not to, not to connect and, and, uh, and share knowledge. So, um, with that said, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, you've got, uh, you've got your, uh, your site utopium.blog, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put all those links in the show notes. Was there anywhere else uh, that you'd like to plug for, for the listeners to follow your work? Um, other, other yeah, than your, uh, your, 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 your Twitter too. Blog. Yeah, here. Oh, yeah. My Twitter too. Uh, it's at Utopian Tinker, Tinkerer. <laughs> um, at Utopian was uh, <laughs> unfortunately unavailable. Uh, <laughs> on most other social media platforms, I'm just at Utopian. But Twitter, there is some some guy camping on at Utopian on Twitter. <laughs> so it's Utopian Tinkerer. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So um, over there. Yep. So, so Twitter. Um, so, re, um, I re- highly recommend uh, Sal Mayweather's uh, blog, newlibertarian.io. Um, I'm probably the least least interesting person that writes there. <laughs> so, Sal is doing a tremendous job, not only with uh, his blog work, but his uh, his uh, Agora Agora podcasts as well. Lots of interesting guests there, and. Uh, and his and Sal's Twitter account is absolutely stunning. That's <laughs> it's a great account. Right, indeed, indeed. Right on. Well, I will. Uh, I will uh, definitely put all those uh, all those links in the show notes. Um, thanks a lot for coming on, man. I, I appreciate it, and uh, have, have to get you back on to, uh, to to chat in the future. 
yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, thanks so much for inviting me. Not a problem, man. It was uh, it was it's been it was a pleasure, pleasure talking with you. Indeed, indeed. Have a have a good night. <laughs> yeah, you too, man. You too. Um, all right, guys, and uh, that's all I have for you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, please check out the website vonniepodcast.com and make sure to subscribe to the uh, show on your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. Uh, in the next day or so, the introductory podcast for our newest series called Taz, the Temporary Autonomous Zone, uh, will be released. And uh, from looking at the attentive series list thus far, um, yeah, it's going to be a, a highly valuable one. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you guys uh, should as well. Uh, please check out our sponsor, Libertarian Attack Publications, for all your self-liberational book needs. Or if you're an author looking for publishing assistance, uh, the website is libertarianattack.com. And keep in mind, uh, for the foreseeable future, every order will come with a free paperback copy of Carrie Thornley's The Permanent Floating Voluntary Society. Um, taking uh, a look back here at uh, chat, uh, just to just uh, look, look in here. Um, Phoenix, uh, okay, Phoenix and Alex talking in chat. Good deal. Um, nothing, nothing for me though. Uh, no problem. Um, so yeah, finally, if you'd rather just make a make a voluntary donation to this podcast, we certainly appreciate that as well. Um, if you want to uh, give us uh, some dirty fiat, uh, PayPal.me forward slash Elliot Radio um, for uh, on chain Bitcoin. Um, there's uh, there's Bitbacker. Um, which is uh, just what I've kind of uh, defaulted to. But you can also find a one-time uh, Bitcoin donation address uh, at the website, vonnypodcast.com. Um, but yeah, Bitbacker uh, is, will be in, uh, the link to Bitbacker will be in the show notes. And uh, subscribers there uh, get a, disc- a discounted version of the Digital Self-Liberation Bundle. So 12, 13 books for, I think, $10. Uh, versus the twenty dollars it's listed for uh, on the LUA website. Um, next is uh, for uh, lightning payments, or I guess lightning donations, uh, lightning Bitcoin donations. Uh, tip in dot me forward slash at LUA Radio, and uh, I think that's it. I think that's all I have for you. Uh, big thanks, Alex, for coming on the show, and uh, thank you for tuning in. And uh, always remember, Bonnie was yours for the making. <laughs>